Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, Saxon Jackson. I'm Tim out. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 10. NASA Futures down 64. A lot of days all of a sudden we're saying down after a whole bunch of days last week where all we did was say up. Do we have uh, Professor Lou? Good morning. How do you read me? Actually, you're coming in loud and clear, bud. Outstanding. God, I love this new technology, although, you know, this now puts me in front of a computer screen huddled in the dark. <laughs> well, doesn't your screen light up? It does. An image, uh, you know, huddled in the dark in front of a computer screen. I, I'm. It's kind of like I'm some kind of incel or something like that. Well, we're just starting to get a little light here in the morning at... Six o'clock, but of course that's going to go the way the dodo bird this weekend, right? Would save it daylight savings times that this weekend or next? No, it's this weekend. I think it's the twelfth. So yeah. I, I, I'm be stand by for uh, what is it that happens annually at this time? Stand by for uh, death rates to go up, suicides to go up, heart attacks to go up, all that is all a kinds of good of stuff. The, uh, the uh, lost hour of sleep. Well, you gain it back in the, in the fall. Yeah. It, but there's not a. I don't think there's a corresponding decrease in uh, in deaths in uh, October or or whenever that is November. You know what, though, Lou, in this day and age, if, if people don't want it to go on daylight savings time, they're going to come up with every every statistic that'll tell you it's deadly, and then all of a sudden it's. I don't know. You know, it's uh, it, it, the hour doesn't seem all that much to me. Does it to you? I mean, uh, um, it it takes me. I notice it more now uh, that I'm older. It takes me two days to to sink back up again yeah it does i mean it, it especially if you're absolutely like no matter what i mean i wake up at whatever you know 10 to 5 or quarter to 5 i mean that, that'll be off for a little while but that's why you got an alarm clock right yeah well i mean i mean it what i recall from living in chicago is is the jolt of the daylight savings time week because when i was coming into stocks and jocks to do the radio show I would get up at. I think I had to get up at a little after four. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so that to make the train, and so that that jolt, you know, I I felt that. (laughs) I felt getting up at uh, my circadian rhythm time of three (laughs) o'clock. Well, it actually totally screws you if you have a if you have a dog, because they want because they're like, hey, buddy, and you're like, hey, relax, especially the fall. They don't realize you gain the, the the hour, so you don't you don't gain the hour back if you have a dog because they're waking you up an hour early. Yeah, and you know we, if you have a cat, when and we do, um, it doesn't matter. The cat just sleeps. Yeah, they don't the cat care. Cat sleeps all the time. Yeah, they don't care. It's a, 
So, so I wanted to uh, first of all um, Wait, start real quick. All right, before you do that, I got to tell you a new low yesterday. Uh oh, I get a call, and uh, well, the lady that uh, well, she was going to come on the show, she never did, but that I, I guess I supported for older person. Um, I just felt she had a, a disadvantage because the new guy was put in there maybe four months ago, five months ago by Lori. So he was an appointed guy. He wasn't, it doesn't make him a bad guy or anything. I mean, everybody says he's a pretty, pretty decent dude. So he's appointed. Well, he, he gets the beneficiaries of all the phone numbers and emails. It wasn't like he was elected. So now he's running against these other people. That's one hell of an advantage, if you ask me. Yeah. You know, just saying. An, but, incumbent, an incumbent, and that's why she put him in the job for only four months. Well, she didn't put him in the job because she thought he'd be a good alderman for four months. Well, the other lady quit. I don't know what she decided to resign six months before the thing. It was kind of weird. but So yesterday I get this phone call from like a regular person. Well, some lady, I won't say anything disparaging. She goes, is this Thomas Howe? And I go, well, yeah. And when I say that, you know, it's, you know, whatever. And she goes, would you mind if I put you straight through to Alderman Timmy, whatever the hell his name is, so you can tell him that you want to ban gas stoves? I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I want you to put, I want to put you through to Alderman Timmy something, something, so you can vote on this thing in the city council to ban gas stoves. I said, first of all, I don't want to ban gas stoves. <laughs> What's the matter with you? And why are you calling? I, mean, I, I didn't even know what to say, Lou. Another new law. She's going to put me right through to pester the guy to ban, ban. As much as I didn't support him, I don't, I don't want to pester him. And, and you know, now in the runoff, what? maybe I will support him. But how, how does anybody even. That, so so let me I want to make sure I understand this. She was calling on behalf of some stoop of a really what I consider to be a stupid and nanny state initiative. Yeah. She was not calling on behalf of Timmy. No. She was gonna call Timmy to to she was working to just link me to Timmy. Or, yeah. This this is this is some this is some weird astroturf stuff. Do you know what that you know what that term means? I know, I know what it meant when they put it in the Astrodome. No, it's not that. Astroturfing is is the false generation of grassroots support. Ah, okay. So, so one way of, but but normally, normally, it's done by the company. So so an, it, it's a self. It's a way of self generating grassroots support. It's artificial, but you know it's, it's like a like a company would be out there. Uh, having its employees send in or or do online ratings at a restaurant, for okay. example, it's illegal. The FCC, the Federal Commi- uh, uh, FTC, Federal Trade Commission, uh, uh, cautions companies about doing it because it it's a false. It's kind of false advertising. But this is a new. This is a new and particularly sick variant. Yeah, they're going to call. They're calling random people. And saying, so we're gonna have we're gonna connect you to make it look like you actually care. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's a new low. Like I said, I need love oh to hear. Oh my it. God, that is that is that's evil. It's it's dishonest and evil, and it of all the other things to be pestered about on a on a call, you you got to be kidding. Oh yeah. Ugh. I did always wonder, though, Lou, to be honest with you, I did always wonder why 
there was great goings on inventing your furnace, but nobody nobody ever vented their stove. I always wondered what the difference was. And actually, I was doing some research on it yesterday after this call, and I did did read from somebody intelligent that said, you know, for a regular stove that people have, it's better if you have a vent hood, but it's no big deal. But if you actually go out and get, you know, because everybody buys it, you know, nobody, you know, I won't say nobody cooks, but people don't cook that much. Some do, I'm sorry, I, mean, I shouldn't say that. If you get one of these massive commercial stoves and put it in your kitchen with like eight burners and you know, all that kind of stuff, you're pretty much an idiot if you don't vent that out. That, that's that's kind of overkill. That's, that's equivalent to like three stoves. Yeah, but I was under the impression that if you're buying a, what is it, like a sub, the Sub-Zero makes stuff like that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Or if Viking or something. A, yeah. If you're buying a Sub-Zero, you know, multi, you know, 15 burner stove, those things all require venting and vent hoods. I, and, I, I, mean, I know people that have a, a big old Viking there and, you know, they don't have a venter. If they do, they never turn it on. Well, I'm, I'm, I would think that, that at some point the light bulb would come on that, that setting off that many burners in a house is the functional equivalent of having a closed fireplace in yeah. your house yeah. and, and burning. I mean, but, but you know, I, I've, I've looked at when this all hit the fan, so to speak, hit yeah. the vent fan, so to speak, um, when, when the Biden administration people said, first of all, the guy comes out and says, yes, we're going to regulate gas stoves. Yeah, it's- and then this great hue and cry and people going, what are you nuts? And, and it was based, the initial tweet that, that started all the commotion where they, this, this idiot said they were going to do that was, was a, this completely flawed study that, that um, you know, again, put together by an anti-fossil fuel uh, group. Who, who just said no no we need to be we need to be all electric and you know so so the the study that this thing was based on was was bad it doesn't wouldn't surprise me if there's an increase in particulates in a house where you're burning a, a gas stove but but it it the impact on individuals at least from all the other studies that I looked at around the time this came out is is negligible the the banned gas stoves attack is not based on uh, our banned gas stove movement. And by the way, they said they weren't going to do it, but now they are considering regulations to do it. Yeah. The well, ban the gas stove yeah, the ban the gas stove movement is not based on health. It's based on this crazy climate change mentality, the religion the religion of climate change, which is what I think I'm going to start referring to it as. The the you know the the climate change priests who who say we have to eliminate anything that burns. Um and and there's a really good example of what happens when you go all electric playing out right now in I believe it's the San Bernardino Mountains in Southern California. Um they got a huge amount of snow up there. And California yet again proves that it is totally unable to manage even minor uh significant acts of By the way, did you uh, did you see some of those pictures? <clears throat> this is not minor. Oh no, but it's but it's a I mean it's a snowstorm. It was a blizzard. They, they, and, and they had it, pictures of people snow snow uh, blowing snow off the roof. One guy, the how he managed to do it, I have no idea. How he his his walkway, the canyon to his front door had to be twenty five feet high. Yeah, no, no, I I saw it, but but there are now <clears throat> there are now at least twelve fatalities in houses up there because the power's been out, and I I understand you it, you 
it's a struggle putting the power getting power lines put together there but but you know if those people had had gas they would they would be able to at least heat their houses right. with some. they've had 12 people freeze to death in their houses well you know because there's no electricity it's always and amazing it, how things and this is the the world we're in it's that's why I guess you always put stuff out on a Friday night and if it doesn't catch fire it's gone but I mean it's a media fire I'm talking about is the there's never any never any blowback on the coatings on cookware. It's way more dangerous than a gas stove. Yet there's no there's no blowback on that. One of the guys talk about a quick story. Uh I'll make it quick. Are you building. talking about the you know, you're you're talking about non stick coatings, yeah, the yeah. and stuff yeah, like so that. Yeah, so this guy in the building says to me, now he's Hispanic. What I'll say when I say a traditional family, it means the wife cooks, he doesn't know how to cook, you know, that kind of thing. He loves it when I cook in the building because he comes up and has lunch or breakfast. But anyway, he's a terrific guy. So he says to me one day, oh, big guy, you won't believe what happened. I go, what happened? He goes, I think I killed my wife's birds. I said, you did what? He goes, I don't know, I don't know why they, how they died, but they, they're both dead. She's got two doves and they're dead in the cage. He goes, I'm going to go out and buy two more doves so she doesn't, she doesn't know they're dead. I go, She's going to know they're not the same dubs. <laughs> There's no way you're putting that one by, by the wife. <laughs> so I said, he goes, I don't know how they died. I said, let me get this straight. I'm going to guess you were cooking. You forgot something was on the stove, and it burned the hell out of the pan. Well, yeah. I said, well, you killed him. The Teflon killed him. He goes, why would it kill him? I said, because that stuff is real strong. It'll kill a bird. It'll, it'll damage you or me. We'll get over it. I don't know if it does any lasting damage. How does the world not know how dangerous that stuff is, Lou? And yet, here we're going to worry about stoves that are never going to kill anybody. I'm not saying I, you should be. I, you have should... Not, I have not seen a report. I mean, I know that the, I know that those coatings can uh, can bleed off, and and you know they're the microplastics or whatever they yeah. get into the get into the environment. I. I haven't seen anything on the danger of burning. Well, items. the older, the older, I mean, the it older, makes, and cheaper, it makes perfect sense. But the older and cheaper the pan, the worse off you are. And some of the new ones probably don't even do that. But if you got one hanging there from twenty years ago, it's perfectly capable of uh, doing some damage to small animals. Huh? Interesting. So the doves are literally a canary in the coal mine. Oh, yeah, kind of basically. Thing. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So, uh, did, did you watch any of the? Uh, Testimony with Chairman Powell. I had to, no, I, had, I don't. I had to turn it I'm, off. I'm much more. I'm much more interested in our government's effort to suppress uh, information that is required to be released in criminal trials, and that and that was not resulting in what I consider to be at least three convictions that are horrific in that January sixth episode, and and probably likely many more um and and you know powell i i i understand that the stuff that powell does is is probably more far-reaching in effect but because i have zero economic uh knowledge and and i i don't the fed you know the 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 fed is a uh, is an abstraction for me which is crazy but it is an abstraction for me but what's playing out what played out in the dc courtrooms over the last well, two years before before you move on just a quick I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, say that you should listen to it because of the economic piece of it. You need to listen to it to watch the buffoons that are essentially doing a stump speech instead of asking them any questions. 
Oh, in, oh, he's in, was he in front of Congress? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's even that's even less of a reason. I understand, but but, but it's it is a reason to see what's going on there. Every black person does nothing but rail about this systematic inequality and systematic wage this and systematic wage that. It's all about them. Then there'll be some guy who's a Republican that all he does is rag about this administration spending too much money. When the last administration spent just as much money. I mean, it's all... To, to listen to these people... Well, in, 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 in fairness, it's been particularly bad. But yes, the, the Trump people... The Trump people... Trump uncorked the, the money or opened the money spigot as part of the COVID response. Well, he also, he also lowered taxes when they, have, when they have a massive deficit, which is insane, with, with the ridiculous... First of all, I wanted the taxes to go down, but I, the, the, the idea that if I do this, we'll end up with more money. Oh, that's such BS. I, I can't even go there as a third grader. But these guys are going to tell you they're going to spend money on infrastructure. At the end of the day, that's going to pay for itself, too. No, it's not. I mean, why do, are, are we... I, I guess I, I'm getting tired of, of being considered the person that stupid to believe this stuff. Maybe that's why I, this aggravates me more as I get older. But anyway, go ahead. Well, so so what? As you know, you are required if you are the government, you are required to turn over any evidence in a criminal proceeding that might indicate either the uh, defendant, the accused, is innocent, or that undercuts your characterization of his of his circumstance that might be exculpatory or might reduce his sentence. So you're required to do that. It's called Brady evidence after the Supreme Court case. So the January 6th committee sat on whatever it was, 41,000 hours of video from the January 6th, uh, 2020 riots or uh, 2021 riots that, that, you know, you had the shaman guy sitting in with the horn helmet sitting in the you know the speaker's chair or whatever the heck was going on down there and i mean all the other craziness the, the and and they had they had prepared they took they took great care to, to obviously cherry pick stuff to make this look like it was a violent riot and there was violence involved i'm not i'm not going to defend the guys that were throwing stuff at police officers and and you know forcing barricades and things like that you know, trying to break into locked rooms. I mean, that's that, fine, arrest those people. But there were a number of people, you know, maybe maybe more than 100, who, who simply were there. They walked in. In some cases, they were escorted in by the police officers. But they were characterized as violent criminal offenders. And and that's fine. You know, Department of Justice can can overcharge and overargue. They have an they have a moral obligation not to do that, but but they do. All right. So you have this you have this overcharging going on. This characterization of these people as as you know violent insurrectionist maniacs who are trying to overthrow the government of the United States. Okay. But if you have video showing these people just kind of walking around showing these people being escorted by Capitol Police officers into various rooms, showing them thanking the officers for, for pointing out where why, they were Why would the know, Capitol Police people, are, why, whatever happened, why would those guys be doing that? But they did. I, I've heard this from a billion people. Oh, no, they did. It's, un, it's unquestioned. Well, I think it was part of their, so they were trying to, to uh, diffuse the situation. 
They were not going to try to stop people from coming in. Once they got inside the building and, and the cops were overwhelmed, the, the object was to try to calm everybody down, say, fine, you're in here now. The proceedings have stopped. You want to walk around and look at stuff? Don't, don't destroy anything. Don't, just let get in and out. And in fact, again, this is why this was not an insurrection. It was a, it was a small, or it was a, it was a large demonstration with a, with a relatively small riot as part of it. Um, the, these guys were, were successful in, in doing this. I mean, if this was their, if this was their intent. But for, but for a number of people who were charged, they were all characterized. The shaman was characterized as a violent revolutionary. And, and yet this video is, is, runs completely counter to that. There is a constitutional duty to turn all that stuff over, number one. Number two, there should have been an obligation to turn it all out and put it all out there anyway so that, so that all of us could look at it and say, okay, now we have a context for what was actually going on there. Instead, the, the uh, Democratic leadership sits on this stuff. And this is all, this is all once again, <clears throat> surrounding, you know, Trump. You know, Trump derangement syndrome. We got to get Trump. This was the basis for the impeachment. They were they were doing this to to shut down or or, or limit you know the reach of Donald Trump and mischaracterizes his uh, defenders. And so and so they they limit this evidence. They they hide it. They keep it from getting out there. And now uh, Tucker Carlson, because the Speaker of the House McCarthy has has released all the information. And he said, you know what, I'm not going to waste our time looking through all this. I'm just going to give all the tapes to, to you know, the media, you know, our media outlet, and let them sort through it. And that's what happened. So, so Tucker Carlson's releasing this stuff, and people are going losing their minds. Um, and, and, I mean, my, my immediate point is this. That stuff should have been out in the open because it would have, it would have given us a context for what was actually happening inside the Capitol. It would have allowed us to say this was not an attempt to overthrow the government. This was a, a bunch of idiots wandering around, some of whom were violent, and some of whom deserved to be in jail. But a lot of whom, especially given the fact that you did not prosecute the people who did try to attack the White House in, in the summer of 2020, who did try to burn down federal courthouses, you weren't prosecuting those people. Not with this. It could be. Uh, we have got to break here, but as you said, the prosecutorial, whatever discretion discretion is is out of control. The SP futures down twelve. Nancy futures down sixty six. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. 
Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 13, NASDAQ Futures down 68, Dow Futures down 22. We just can't seem to, ever since Paul went on the other day, we just can't seem to catch a break here to the upside. And, uh, he sent the dollar way up. He sent all kinds of stuff. Gold way down. It's been a big, crazy week here for a lot of people. Not a good week either. Uh, DAX down 83.5%, FTSE down 48.6%, Kick around down 30.4%. But nothing, so nothing intense, but everything down over in Europe. Nikkei up 178.6%, Hang Seng down 125, under 20,000, now 19,925. That's 0.6%, Shanghai down 7.2%. Uh, yesterday is a way of review. That was down 58, S&P made it up 5, NASDAQ up 45, but uh, not much of a bounce after the horrible day before. Kept thinking he was going to turn a lot of his words around. He really didn't. Ten-year, get a load of this, 4, 4%, almost exactly. That's up three basis points. The Bund, 2.69. Japan, right where, it's, right where it's always going to be at 0.50, unless the government raises the limit. Uh, oil, up 19 cents, 76.85. Brent, up 27 cents, 82.93. So oil, stuck in the high 70s here. It doesn't seem like it's moving, even though people are still looking at $120 oil. I don't know where they're finding that, but sure doesn't look like the market thinks that. <clears throat> NASDAQ up. NASDAQ natural gas up eight cents, two sixty-two. Our bob unchanged, two sixty-nine. We've got gold. Wow, a little bit of a bounce, up three ninety, eighteen twenty-two. 
was over 18.50 before his remarks the other day. Silver up a penny, 2016, and we've got the crypto uh, 449 under 22,000 now, 21,614. We have the U.S. dollar down another little bit again. Uh, well, down it's actually down a little bit today, but the pound still under 10 under 106 at 105.6. It was 107, 108 there for a long time. And the uh, I'm sorry, the euro is a 107, was 107, 108. Now it's 105. The British pound is uh, 1.187. It was 121, 122 there for quite a while. So they're both down about two, two and a half percent on the week, which is a big move in currency. And what do you got for us, traffic weather sports? All right, it is a 6:37 here in Chicago. And, uh You would have got huge odds on that. Denver's the best teams in basketball, and the Bulls suck. Oh, yeah. They, they, they did good. It was 117 over 96, and the Suns won over the Thunder in their game 132-101. to Finally, in hockey, the Blackhawks lost to the Red Wings 4-3. So that's all I got. Can't they just end their year early? Blackhawks, they trade away everybody who can skate. Yeah. Well, how are you? The, uh, the amount of... Um, I don't know, you, you, you dudes in the legal profession, I see such a massive smattering of every kind of law on earth, and I think these people do whatever they damn well please in the, in the, in the government and the enforcement without, without regard to any law at all on their own self. This is, this ha what, the, what happened with this January 6th thing is as egregious a constitutional violation as, as I've ever seen. It is. It was. It, and by that, I, I don't mean in terms of impact. I'm, I mean it. In, I mean it in terms of the overall uh, effect on the justice system and the nature, the the calculated, thoughtful, intentional nature of withholding evidence that that runs counter to your to your narrative. It it's absolutely inexcusable. And and but I don't know if there'll be any account, any accountability. If I were a federal judge, and I saw this this stuff, and and I looked at the representations that had been made to me in my courtroom by a by a U.S. attorney, you know, an, an agent of the government, I would be I would be furious, and I would be I would be talking to the D.C. Circuit. All these cases were in D.C. because they wanted D.C. juries who were were are overwhelmingly Democratic. To, to convict so that's another way of rigging this these outcomes but if I were a, if I were a DC judge one of those federal judges I would be furious and I would be going I would be going to the DC Court of Appeals and saying you guys gotta you guys gotta fix this um, we, Lou, I, we've got to commit we've got to come in and overturn these these convictions and and force DOJ to retry this stuff and let's get some sanctions in place for for the attorneys who made these misrepresentations. You see, you are having the same issue that I had as a as a younger man. I'm not, I'm not giving you crap here. I'm just saying, 
when I was at the University of Chicago, they always, and they talked to financial analysts, they were supposed to be an analyst, you're supposed to be really grinding to them, do the best for the company. Lou, there always was a, <clears throat> a, uh, a thought that if you could just get to upper management, you could get by, I don't even know what, what you want to call the people in the meantime, you would eventually, if you got high enough, you would run into what the Yiddish called a mensch, or, or somebody who's a, a real person who gives, gives a rat's behind, and who's honest, and he'll say, wait a minute, this can't go on, and we'll, and we'll, we'll see your point if, you're, if you just do the job right and push far enough. Lou, there's nobody up there now. There's no. no. There's no, there's no, it's not a, you, you just said, if I could just get to the Court of Appeals, what makes you think they're not crooked? It, well, well, you, wait a minute, the Supreme Court, I don't trust those people for a nanosecond. I, I, think, I think at least in, in, in a case as egregious as this, the, the danger here, and, and I, don't, I don't understand why, you know, the people on the other side don't see this. The danger here is, is not just the fact that you've got some, some, you know, guys rotting in prison. They gave that guy with the hel- horned helmet 41 months for walking around in the Capitol with a police escort. He got 41 months because he was a violent offender and because of the way he was dressed. I mean, this is actually in the in the colloquy between yeah. uh, judge, the judge and the prosecutor. And and that okay, fine. That's that's a travesty and we should all be upset about that because there but for the grace of God go go you or me when we put our horned helmets on. They up. never they never think that way. This could never be them. Well, that's one that's one aspect of it. But the most important aspect is you have now you have now empowered every right wing crazy, every every person, every conspiracy theorist, you have now empowered them yet again. I mean yeah. if, if the COVID stuff wasn't bad enough, you've now basically told them and given them a, a basis to say that the Department of Justice has become thoroughly politicized and has become a a tool of the of the Democratic Party that we can't believe anything coming out of our of our national institutions because it it's totally corrupted. You you you've undercut this, and and this that will have repercussions. It does have repercussions. Why, why, why would you say every time I like when I said the the uh, we started the show with my phone call? I'm like, this is another new low. The, the low is only going to last a week. There'll be another new low. And I thought the Blagojevich situation, and that was a Republican guy who, who, who tried to, to uh, get. And I'm no no Blago fan, but the fact well, I told I've told you that I thought Blagojevich's sentence was outrageous. Well, I'm saying, but the the point being is that he he was not convicted the first time through because one jury held out, one juror held out, and wouldn't wouldn't vote to convict. They they put the guys, I think. I'm not sure. Was it a guy or a lady? Whoever the juror was, it was, a, it was a woman that was that held out. They put her name out there. There were demonstrations on her front lawn. They they absolutely eviscerated this lady, and then had the nerve to, to call another jury here in the same area and not move the case out of town. What what message did that send to the next jury? No. Oh oh, chief, look at look at Derek Chauvin. The guy in Minneapolis who who uh, the cop who was convicted of, of killing George Floyd, look at that trial. Do you do you think for a second that those jurors did not understand that if they did not vote to convict, 
their names and oh yeah, and I'm saying faces would be out on I, the and I happen to think page that, of the Minneapolis Star I, Trib in three days. But I, I was not, you know, privy, I happen to think, but I was not on the jury that conviction was probably the right thing. But the way it's being handled, I say, Lou, it's one new low after another. When I, I have a attorney buddy, like a lot of attorney buddies, you being one of them, it, he, he can he can tell you about some of these these uh, federal cases. Lou, they're all like that. They're so stacked to decide if they... They had this guy, uh, an, an attorney, in fact. You probably know the case, but I, I'm not going to go any names or anywhere. But somehow or another, they were trying him in Detroit because he was helping... Now, l- last time I get this straight, we went into Iraq knowing that the place was a cesspool, and we boot Saddam Hussein knowing that as bad as a guy he was, he's the only people holding it together. Because guess what? There's two different kinds of Muslims there, plus another group that doesn't like either one of them. This thing is going to blow apart. We had no thought whatsoever of, of some kind of a of a government afterward. All we cared about was the right guys getting the oil. Well, well, more more important now. We didn't even do it for that. You know, we we if you read the, the British oil, we, report, if you read the British report. Oh, I know, but well, but it didn't work. But it didn't work out that way. No, we didn't. We didn't sell oil to anybody. Okay, so we didn't. If we were if we were going in there to steal the oil. Or, or move it around for somebody. We were even worse at that yeah, than we well, were at administering the com- country. Remember, Chief, that was sold to us as a, we knock out Sudan, Saddam Hussein and the Iraqis will, will greet us like liberators and, and well, you know, the, settle right down. Who was, the, who was the guy that was a big consultant, he was a big buddy of Rumsfeld, that was going to be the new president as soon as they landed him, they almost lynched him. You know, yeah, but, but yeah that's I'm, what I mean. Where I mean, I'm going I mean, with this that, case that, is this guy... So there's some dude in in uh, Detroit. As we moved to Syria, remember the people, the, the Catholics that were trying to get over the mountain, and the the, the guys, whatever the ISIS guys, were like slitting their throats and stuff. And they finally, we finally yes. got we finally got some of them out of. Anyway, these guys, some of the refugees now are, are are pulling in to this country through Detroit. Right, Detroit has yeah. a, Detroit has a very significant uh, Middle Eastern population, including so, a very large Muslim population. Well, so this dude is helping people get whatever paperwork you need to get in here from Canada. And uh, and he's helping some of these, uh, what do you want to call them, uh, uh, people that don't no longer have a home, whatever you want to call the name. Refugees. Refugees. And so the feds go after this guy. And one of my buddies has got the case. And he says... Hey, wait a minute. They're going after somebody who is helping people emigrate here legally? Yes, yes. Well... <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, but they claim he was doing it illegally or something, that he was doing the papers and getting paid, and God knows what else. Well, it turns out they they fight the thing, and he says to me, fighting a federal case, they win 95% of their cases. They have an incredible amount of... of uh, they don't care about anything else goes on in the no. area. They'll, they'll drop everything for this case because they don't ever want to lose. So anyway, he, the guy, they get the guy off on 9 of 10 counts. The, the other one being that he... Evidently, he forged a, a certificate that said somebody was married when they weren't. I mean, there's there's a there's a sitting at least one sitting congressman from Minnesota, who who married her brother, as a, to to fit for under immigration fraud to get into the country, and nothing's happened to her. Well, get a load of this: the guy's convicted on one of the ten counts, and they were going to appeal that count. While they were appealing it, they put the guy in jail. 
They don't even let him out on parole. The guy, the guy's a, an attorney. The what he gets counted on was was signing a marriage uh, certificate that he shouldn't have or something. What? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, that that's crazy. They wouldn't let him what out. Was, what was the evidence? I mean, what did they they characterize? Oh, no, he, him they, as I, I guess he did that. He signed that, that was the one thing he was guilty of. He he, he, signed, he signed that somebody was married when they weren't or something. But they wouldn't let him out. You know, he was in yeah. jail. In the meantime, in the meantime, in downtown Detroit, guys with like ten violent carjackings on their records yeah. are, are going out no bail. Right. Oh yeah. I'm saying it's, it's totally, it's totally, well, it's totally Chief, crazy. Okay. So so let me let me give you another case, since we're talking about the law, and then I want to talk briefly about Ukraine, and then Lamar Jackson if we have time. Yep. Guy guy stands outside, standing like 200 feet from an abortion clinic, demonstrating against abortion. He's got his 11-year-old kid, I think, with him. Some 70-year-old guy comes out of the abortion clinic and starts screaming at both of them. Gets in the kid's face and screams at him, you know, like your dad's a Nazi and you're going to grow up, you know, being a Nazi too. And the, the father says, get away from my kid. And the guy moves in closer and the father pushes the guy away and he goes, falls down in the street. All right. <clears throat> There's a federal statute that says you don't, you don't, Engage, engaging in an act of violence within X amount of feet of an abortion center is a federal crime. Um, the state where this happened, I think it's Virginia, declines to prosecute. They said, this is ridiculous. This is, we're not going to waste our time. This, this is, you know, nothing. The Department of Justice decides that this is a federal they're gonna They're going to try to convict on a federal crime. So they they say they they contemplate doing it and they do it publicly. So that so the the guy who, the pusher, the shover, says, "Look, I'll turn myself in. Just let me know when you want me to show up." They send thirty FBI agents in full battle gear, with long guns, to his house at six a.m. They crash through the door, they charge into the house, point guns at everybody arrest this guy. He's got like seven kids. Arrest this guy in front of his children, his wife. Everybody's cowering in the in the back bedroom screaming while these guys are tearing the house apart. They arrest him, throw him in the car. He gets tried and of course is acquitted in 15 minutes. This is this is our federal government law enforcement. That is some police state stuff right there. And and this is but nobody the, nobody you know, will ever nobody will ever get spanked for it, Luke. Nobody, I know. Nobody Nobody's will ever get fired for that. But this, the, what does Congress went through this week with the origins of COVID? None, yeah. none of the people here that gave the money to the Wuhan lab that weren't supposed to, none of those people yeah, are, are going to count, count on Anthony, Anthony yeah. Fauci engaged in literal deception. Yeah. He literally lied to to uh, and, and set up a deceptive article that, that disguised it all to prevent, all for his personal benefit, to keep us from finding out that he and his group had been funding gain-of-function research in that lab on that virus. He did it for personal reasons, and and I mean, somebody ought to be in jail for that. If that's not misuse it, of it's, government it's never, of government resources, it's got to the point, Lou, where, where nobody. It's it's like the guy in uh, the people in Congress that were trading ahead of the COVID stuff. They they find people yes. for I mean, but then again, there isn't anybody in Congress is going to say, "I'm going to go after that person" because they're all doing the same thing. I mean, it's like, I, I had this. I uh, at least I, I I can at least I can at least 
I can live with that because that's a that's a procedural issue. Fauci is entrusted with giving us scientific, unbiased information that that we can trust to try to deal with this to the best of his ability. Instead, he deliberately obfuscates the narrative to his personal benefit. What do you, what do you think would happen, Lou, if we could hold the world steady for a day and have a massive uh, investigation with? From every dollar that went anywhere, to every congressman, to any place, people in the government and everything, of the relationship between Pfizer and our federal government right now. Would, how many people we would would we fill up a penitentiary? Oh, I don't know, but I would I would love to, I, again. I'm not I'm not necessarily even asking for, you know, jail time. I just want account. I just want accountability. I want it transparent so we understand what's happening. Well, you're not going to get it because of the people. The people. Well, I, I mean, this January 6th committee is a classic example. There's, no, there's nobody at the top of the chain that that is. If you if you get to Biden, he's not or Trump. They're not a. They're they're. You think one of the Yiddish guys would call them a mensch? They don't. Well, at they least, have no. They at, have morals. Either one of them. No. At, at least, at least with Trump, you had a federal executive that was so opposed to him in every respect that they were leaking out every aspect of what of what he was doing, and and trying to do. Uh, before it was before it was even formulated as policy, we're not we're not getting that with resident. And I'm not. I think I'm going to start calling him resident Biden rather than what, president. What Biden. percentage of the? I mean, I, again, I, I'm, I'm frosted with Trump because he had a chance and he blew it in my mind. But yes, I, I I wonder if whoever it was. I mean, the guy I think they were Washington was really afraid of was Elliot Spitzer, and they torpedoed him early. What do you suppose if, if he would have ran as a third party and got in or something, knowing being a hell of a lot smarter than Trump and knowing where all the bones were buried, would they have done the same to him? Probably. I don't. I don't know. I mean, he was as he was as morally he was as morally flawed as as any AG I've I've seen, and he was he was a nightmare as the AG in in New York. He turned every he he looked at the state levers of power as his own his own personal mechanism. I didn't, never once said the dude was perfect. What I said was No, no, I'm just saying I think he was I think he was dangerous because because again, the personal much like much like with Como, the the personal and and uh the other AG there, the personal becomes the political. How, from, but how do you those guys? How do you how do you not Lou? How do you how do you let me ask you this. We got five minutes, you know this is I'll bring up a, a subject that, you know, was near and dear to my heart for a real long time. Uh, well, actually, not when I traded that much because I was never. I traded the OEX. Uh, well, my last 19 years, I traded the OEX, and uh, there really wasn't any play-by-play for me that much with New York specialists. But the people who had the individual options in the individual stocks, they traded stock all day long. I mean, somebody came in and buy a whole bunch of calls. You buy, you know, you sell the calls. You buy stock. There were specialists that absolutely were played the game as they were supposed to. There were some that were there were crooks all day long. They would never. They would say there was ten thousand offered. You'd go to buy it. They'd buy it ahead of you, even though they saw your order. And then there was nothing offered on top of it. I mean, it, every single rule that the New York Stock Exchange had, they they couldn't enforce. They couldn't spank anybody, Lou, if they had to. It, it, the, one of the reasons why, as much as I love the fact that all the stocks. All the trade took place in one spot. They were no more able to deal with the big firms in that place than the man in the moon. And the SEC was, was right up their ass. And all of a sudden, Elliot Spitzer, as the AG, said, well, if the SEC is not going to take care of these guys, we're going to. And they, he started, 
because he knew an awful lot about trading. He grew up that way, and he started going after New York Stock Exchange. The industry hated him. Now, now does he have an ego for getting around stuff like that? He's not going to be a shrinking violet. He's not going to be the nerd at the end of the bench and do that. Of course, he's no, got an and, ego. And, I, and I, I, I get it. You know, we there are there are trade offs for these people. I just think there were a lot of war, there were a lot of warning signs with Spitzer. I, I, I get what I'm saying is Abraham Lincoln won the Rock Island case when the when the, when the guy the steamship ran into the, the the bridge in the Mississippi. Do you think Lincoln didn't have an ego? You would just say I can go after these these East, these East Coast people and win. I mean, sure you do. You think when, of course of course you do. Yeah. But the yeah. the difference the difference is as I said, you you know this stuff becomes personal. And when and well, when sure it does because the other look, side makes it personal. When, but no, no. When you look at when you look at the levers of power that you have, when you look at the the control of the police or the cops, when you look at the at the power of the subpoena that you have, and you turn that to your personal ends, and and I there was no question in my mind that that's what that that comprised a significant part of what Spitzer was doing. I, I'm not. My point is is who no matter who it is, if you go up against one of these powers. All of a sudden, it's personal because they make it personal. Why is he doing this? What, what, what's, what's he up? What, why is he? Why is he doing this? What's he up against? Yeah, I, I think, I think the most dangerous aspect of of what we saw, what we just talked about with with respect to the Department of Justice, is that this is not personal. That this is a this is a pure political narrative, a pure power play to crush, you know, individual citizens, you know, to. to what was the great line out of the Old Testament? Grinding the faces of the poor. Well, I, I think the, I think that's exactly right, what's so the, going on here. In Chicago, here we have Mike Madigan, who's nobody's going to hold a tag day for. We have him now. We have I think he was a Trump appointee. Um, we're going after Mike Madigan, the U.S. government, right? I think it's the U.S. government, and we're all over this guy. Yes. It has to be the U.S. government because Chicago's not going. Okay, the state's so, not going. All right, so now him. somebody wants to put basically his behind on their scalp, right? Scalp ring. Now, now, Commonwealth Edison has been paying people off for 150 years. What's going to happen to them? Nothing. Nothing. Lou? I, I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on this. Hey, real quick. Um, Lamar Jackson is not going to get signed anytime soon because he's asking for guaranteed, huge amounts of guaranteed money. I thought they, tra- I thought they uh, franchised him. Uh, they, they, put a, uh, they put a partial franchise on him so other teams can bid on him. And the Ravens have the option to match the to match the offer, but what he's asking for is 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 a large, huge guaranteed contract, and and I don't I don't think most NFL clubs are not going to do that. Maybe the maybe the Cleveland Browns will sign him as their second team guy after uh, what's his face's contract. What do you make of the guy in the White Sox getting look, uh, cleared? Uh, they're going to clear. Have they cleared him? Yeah, Major League Baseball. No. Uh... No, no further action. Good. Maybe somebody will. Maybe somebody will sign him. No, he's, he's been signed by the Sox. This were the two girlfriends with the, the yeah. two, two babies. Yeah. All said he was. Well, maybe maybe he'll get a chance to uh, to play. Last last point. Uh, Ukraine. Uh, it looks like the Russian offensive is stalling. They they launched a big missile attack overnight to to try to to try to bolster their their negotiating position but it looks like their attack right now their broad-based attack across the eastern front has is petering out the first battalion of leopard tanks has been is being formed uh for ukraine and poland 
and it will be very interesting to see how that gets how that gets played out. Well, all right, Blue, we'll talk at you next week, buddy. SP Futures down 12, NASDAQ Futures down 66. Be right back. Dan Janitas. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. Well, I'm Jackson. I'm tomorrow. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 11. NASDAQ is down 63. Not crazy here, but it's no bounce either after uh, the uh, episode on uh, Tuesday when the Fed uh, chairman uh, slipped the wrong words out there and we were down a bunch. And we just were kind of an inside day yesterday. But do we have Mr. Dan? Yes. You're sounding great on, yeah. the, on the Zoom, bud. How are you? Yeah. Good. How are you? All right. We're. Uh, I was talking about you the other day with a group of people regarding your your transmission. That <laughs> it wasn't funny, by the way, because uh, uh, one of the guys that I I, uh, I noticed that his father-in-law got his uh, I think he's got a Toyota Sequoia, a big huge thing. Somebody cut out his catalytic converter, and it's going to be like two months to get one from Japan and like twenty five hundred wow. bucks, and he can't drive it. He's got to get a rental car for two months. It, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's, uh, so what did you make of, uh, and I know you're, uh, 
you know, you're, you're above, uh, uh, ahead of the curve as much as anybody. But how the hell does even Dan Janita see a 2 or 2.5% move in the dollar in like two hours? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Um, yesterday, you know, the last couple of days, I think the, you know, the Fed's um, uh, meetings, I think, have really woken up people to the fact that they're going to continue to raise rates. And we were, I mean, literally watching the six-month um, T-bill going from, you know, low fives up to 530, where we were buying some of them yesterday, which is, um, you know, for an income guy like me and for people who have been on the sidelines waiting for income for a long time, it's good news. Um, I think for um, some people, there are concerns about what's going to happen um, in terms of, you know, there's been this talk about recession and all that. I, you know, my belief, as you know, is that we already have the recession. We are in what I call the contractionary phase of the cycle. We got to step back and look at the cycle from, you know, a much longer period of time than what we do, what most of us do today, which is very short-term focused. But we're in this contractionary period. And one thing that happens during the contractionary period is rates go higher. And that is exactly what's happening right now. I believe that based on some information and some of our own research recently, we're, we're looking at where the jobs are still in high demand. So I was at a conference, a mining conference in Miami a couple of weeks ago and talked to all the CEOs of, well, CEOs of 16 different companies. All of them are still having trouble finding geologists, finding engineers. They have to pay up for these people. People that I know outside of of um, of the you know the investment world who are in the engineering and architecture fields are seeing a lot of job offerings, a lot of job postings. When in the past have we ever seen a lot of job postings for architects and then seen a recession? So I do think the trend to answer your question is yes, it's happening very quickly. People are suddenly having to shift their mindsets away from this sort of recessionary talk and more to this, well, we still have wage inflation going on. We still have jobs in high demand. Now the numbers are coming out tomorrow, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when the numbers come out. But I think just from the research we've been doing and just really from everything we've been hearing and talking to the people that run these companies, um, they are still having trouble finding good talent and especially the newer people coming in because there's just not as many people wanting jobs in, in, in these fields that are still in high demand. So that has been kind of overlaid with what's going on in tech. And I think the answer for anybody who's saying, well, you know, they've been laying off in some tech industries, they over, you know, they overhired for a long time. So what we're seeing is this, this phase of the cycle, which we call the contractionary phase, what we're seeing is rates going higher, which is very consistent with this phase. And if people are asking, why is the yield curve so inverted? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean the recession that we've had is getting worse. It just means that we, the economy is still in a contractionary, in the contractionary phase. So we're not expecting a lot of growth, but I don't really believe we're expecting a, a full-blown recession either. So this, this period that is coming up is gonna be an interesting one. It's great for investors like me who look for yield because we're getting that yield. I mean, yesterday was just amazing to me watching, um, you know, T-bill rate go up so quickly. 
And to investors out there who are wondering how to put, you know, where to put their money or how to put, you know, what to do with their money in this environment, you can't go wrong with the six-month T-bill at 530. You do not have interest rate risk, which means you have very little interest rate risk, which means you don't see a, a price drop as you would if you were buying longer bonds. I don't even think longer bonds are an option right now. Um, we don't know what's happening. There's going to be a fair amount of fluctuation in longer-term rates. So why not go for what's safe? You know, like when we were younger and putting money back in the late 70s and early 80s um, into our savings accounts and watching that money grow because we had a really decent uh, rate on cash. Our, our interest rates were quite high back then. And it was, for me, I've always found that to be a, you know, a very, um, it's a give me, it's a layup. It's a, a very easy way to get um, growth in your savings and you know for investors I think it, you know at least have some of your money right now in T-bills you're getting a pay you're getting paid for it well Dan uh, just uh, and, and you're you know you're not you're not as guilty of that as, that as the next person but you're <laughs> I'm gonna give a little bit of a shot but you're, you're starting to get a, a tad guilty as am I since every talking head on TV and the government gets to define the def- uh, recession as their own damn way now. You're doing it, and so am I. I mean, you, I mean, you, you said if you, you shouldn't have all these help wanted signs out if we're really in a recession. Well, we've had this has been. I think you and I actually, I would love to do it if we just had a huge boy. I'm going to show my age with a big blackboard. Every one of these things that you talk about, I talk about, even the talking goofballs on the radio and TV. The Everything makes some sense, but it's hard to bring it all together. Yes, I'm looking at the manufacturing jobs now, and, uh, and this is on the debtclock.org, 13 million people. 2000 was 17.2. So, okay, we're, we're short. We've, we've dropped 4.2 million people out of a sector, and now we're bringing some jobs back to where all of a sudden people like you and my nephew and people like that that are actually in the business, those businesses... Yeah, hey, we can't hire this guy. We can't. We can't hire a, a machine technician for these machines. Right. Well, duh. I mean, but I'm also going to say, is the Dan Janitas that I know? If your son says I'm going to get in the machine maintenance business, you'd say that's not a 40 year job. It hasn't been for how long? There's a there's a little bit of a bump here. I mean, how many how many of these people are we are we searching for this 13 million number? To go back to thirteen five, I think that's kind of where we are, Dan. We're not we're not going back to seventeen. So I mean, it, however you look at this, wherever anybody says, you can almost sit there and go, okay, let's let's take this piece apart. What did, what did Joe just say or Jane just say? It's it's not. I mean, architects. Uh, I don't know how much building there is, people, but I know architect at Notre Dame is a five year program. That's three hundred and fifty yeah. grand. And, and, and probably you don't see those people. They beat the crap out of those people for five years. That's a that's by far the hardest major at Notre Dame. It's like aerospace yes. is at, at Ohio State. It's a five year program, and they don't see you for five years. A bar doesn't even know your name because all you're doing is studying. I mean, are you willing to put that kind of effort into something that you've seen go downhill forever? I happen to think that some of this is coming back, but the fact that you know we lay off. And I, and I don't, honestly don't know, Dan. You know, here's going to be a real real pain in the ass here. I'm going to say out of the 90 billion signs out there for people actually looking for a, that they say they're wanting to hire, how many of those are really legit? 
I'm going to say a tenth of them, were actually willing to pay going rate today for that person. I think they're out there fishing for people who don't know what the rate really is. I wouldn't disagree with you in terms of the way that job postings are today. In fact, we're actually looking for an analyst, and it's very interesting how many hoops we have to jump through to find, say, an intern or investment analyst. Um, and it's you know the, there isn't the kind of demand that there was just a few years ago. But I'm kind of saying things a little differently than you are. What in what I'm the, the people who have been my best resources have been the CFOs of the companies that we invest in. And what they're telling me is it's hard to find young talent. So the number of jobs isn't necessarily increasing. It's just that the people in our generation, the baby boomers who have moved on, have left openings. And those openings aren't being filled. And I agree with you 100%. Why put all this money into um, the school? You know, it's, why go into debt for a huge amount of time? Um, you know, when there may be other options for, for fields that could be interesting. And that's a that's another whole discussion, I think, in terms of how the jobs get created and, and you know, who gets the training and the background for those positions. Uh, and I will say, by by the way, I did get into Notre Dame's architecture program. I considered that, but after after a doing a, like, a, a internship, or not an internship, doing a year abroad, I ended up at Tulane for a year studying architecture. And I did agree it was... Too many all-nighters, and and I kind of missed the. I like the planning aspect of it, but I really am happy that I ended up in our field, which um, I think is a little more consistent. And 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 you know, kind of going along with the architecture thing, I think there is a, you know, there's a lot of boom and bust in that that field, and and I think it does create you know less job security for younger people. So there's needs to be a way to attract people into fields where there's. You know, there has to be some sort of legacy that comes in to fill these jobs that the, you know, from the people who've been retiring. It seems to be that a lot of these available jobs are in fields like engineering, like possibly architecture, where a lot of people have left up. I mean, healthcare has been the same issue as well. We've seen, I've seen a lot of people retire in healthcare, and you just don't have the doctors coming in. You could even say um, the police force. You know, there isn't the same incentive for younger people that there was years ago to get into a field that has that kind of uncertainty and that, that kind of um, doesn't have this, you know, it's taint in it now than that wasn't there rather than being, you know, thinking of, of policemen as heroes. There's, there's a certain, you know, there's a certain taint in the whole industry. So, so yes, I think across the board, a number of jobs may actually be going down that are available, but it's the number of people to fill what is available that has gone down even more so. So that creates this upward pressure on wages and that keeps inflation going. And this goes back several years ago when we said as bond people, we're looking at what's going to cause inflation, right? Because inflation is what drives interest rates. So we've been looking at this for years and we've been seeing inflation in other areas. But the one area that we hadn't seen it until about three years ago was the job market and i think this period of mismatch and imbalance in jobs um, that that has been created has put upward pressure on um, wages and thus inflation in general because it just trickles down to, to any other um, part of the economy that supports people you know 
you know, whether it be, you know, it's, it's any field. It's, it's, it's pretty much across the board. Well, the fact that so. you, for, to get somebody in a specific spot with a specific skill set, uh, it, it's going to cost you not, not so much, I don't know if it's so much money, like you say, Dan, it's, it's, it's just finding the person. It's, yes, but you yeah, have, exactly. But you, yep. we also have a, a younger group of people, the people are retired. If you say you got to come to work five days a week, they don't even blink. Yeah. Well, that's something I've done for thirty years. What, what's why is that a problem? Young people, all of a sudden, you know, no, I'm never coming to work. Well, you're not worth much to me if you're never here. I mean, some areas you are obviously. Some places people who work at home fine, but I mean, it's somewhat of a different. I mean, the people who my nephew's firm is looking for. You got to be there every day. You got to do stuff. I mean, right. You know, you might go home dirty. I mean, God, God help you. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a different. But now the question is, there's nothing wrong with that world. But if you do that for 15 years, and all of a sudden every factory from Chicago leaves, and now you're sitting there going, now what do I do? We've gone through that once here. It's it's very recent memory. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally, totally agree with you on that. Dan, what? Uh, shifting gears a little bit right now. Um, I, first of all, we, we don't want to talk much more, but I, I want to say that despite the fact that a lot of the world has decided this is now wage inflation, I'm going to say that's absolutely untrue, Dan. We've never once had wage inflation. The only time we, in my opinion, we've ever had wage inflation is maybe the last, the last eight months of the Volcker regime. But right now, there's, there's I mean, I, I'm looking at this stuff, median income, Two thousand thirty-one thousand. Now it's thirty-seven. I mean, I, I I don't know that that's causing. I think stuff went up thirty percent in the last two years. I mean, there's no way that people have averaged thirty percent raise. It's not even close. I mean, I I think the the dishwasher making ten might be making thir- thirteen now. But it, you know, you and I know math does to that one. I mean, it's still not close to being able to afford anything. Uh, right. But right now, I mean, uh, what what do you what do you make of the, the trick box these guys are in. I mean, it, if you listen to any of the testimony, God bless. It was like a it had nothing to do with testimony. It had to do with every guy giving a stump speech, like he's running. I mean, if absolutely, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, there's just much more politics involved than actually talking about economics, right? And what and talking what, about what what, what needs it? to be done in in terms of economics and and that you know, and it, it's kind of too bad because what it does is you know not so much for people like you and me, Tom, but for the for the people who are you know, are in other fields that are looking at trying to understand what's going on, not only in our economy, but what do we, you know, what, how do we invest money right now based on what we're seeing out there? That gets, that kind of gets lost in listening to some of the questions that are being asked um, and some of the ways that the, the, the people asking these questions are shifting away from really what's important. And, and I do think, I mean, I get to give Powell credit. I think where he's done a good job is just being consistent and being and sticking to what they say so that there is not going to be big surprise like we had in you know December of 18 we and i i do think he's done a good job in building credibility and and having to take out all of those political questions and really see right through it has really been a challenge for 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 people but i would say that the trend is still to bring inflation down the trend is still to you know we're in the contractionary phase of the cycle so the fed is supporting that right now um but i think when we start guessing and we start um 
we kind of lose sight of the big picture. And I think to be a good investor right now, you need to look at the big picture and not be focused on what stocks are doing good today or tomorrow, or frankly, where to put your money on the bond side. And I would say, don't, don't be going long on bonds right now when you can go short and get some decent yield. So this is a time maybe to not to sit on the sidelines, but to, to collect that income that you're getting and then reinvest it as rates go up. So from the point of view of an investor, look at this as an opportunity to lock in some decent yield and lock in some decent um, safety, if you will, or, or protection, if you will, in your portfolio um, based on the fact we have not seen these rates. I mean, this is this is like a new world for a lot of people that we're in seeing interest rates this high, well, not only, the not only that, Dan, I mean, I'm looking here at the, uh, actually it's Forbes advisor, but it's rate hikes 222, 223. I mean, you know, you, you have people that will hysterically talk about all these rate increases, now we're fighting inflation. We, I'm going to say you don't begin to be contractionary until you're pushing four and a half and, and over. We, we just got there December 14th. Right, we just got there. Yes. You know, so I mean, last year the seventy-five percent raise, percent raise that gets you to one and a half and one and one and three quarters. You're not fighting anything there. Matter of fact, you're still expansionary. But, but the, I think what you're talking about, Dan, and I, in terms of people I see, for those that don't know, you should know uh, that Dan and I both do work for a, a group here in Chicago, and Dan does our fixed income stuff, and it, by the way, has done one hell of a job. And uh, I'm going to say. Two years ago, three years ago, Dan, when I kind of introduced you to the group, I was in the, in the mindset of, well, Dan seems to me like he knows what he's doing. Uh, we need to have some sort of a fixed income area uh, just in case or when, in case, if ever, things change. I'm going to say in the last two years, not only has Dan become a valued member of the team, I've got... Two people I might see in the next couple of months, Dan, that are they're up in up in years. I'm going to say forty, fifty percent with Dan right now. I mean, I would. I mean, two years ago, what would I have said ten percent just to shoot, just to prove the guy's good. Now it's now I'm going to say uh, it, it over maybe for a lot of retired people right now. I, I'd say you know forty percent Dan, forty percent protected with me, and twenty percent if you like something. I mean, that's that's a major move in my recommendations in a year. No, th- I, I appreciate that, but I also and I also agree with you. I think that's a good place to be, especially for people as they approach retirement or actually go into retirement, and especially if there is that uncertainty. You know, allow a little a look, you know, a sleeve, if you will, a ten or twenty percent sleeve for investing in the equity market and, and there are going to be oppor- areas of opportunity but pr- protect the principle that you've earned all yeah. these years we have just gone through that really long expansionary period where people have earned a lot where their home values are higher where their um, retirement accounts are higher lock that in i mean that's you know you know lock that in so that you you know to um at this point, because there's probably going to continue to be some uncertainty in certain, definitely in certain parts of the equity market going forward. And at some point, yes, I do believe we're going to see some companies and some trends changing. Now, one thing I've mentioned um, on the home building side, and, and I'm saying this from somebody who lives in Florida, where all we see is new construction here, where all we see are plates from, you know, license plates from up north. Um, relocating here so in our minds we're seeing this booming economy well we had our annual 
homeowners meeting for the development of the golf course community where I live. And I was somewhat surprised to hear just how much new orders have slowed down. So what's happened is that there is continuing to be construction, right? But this is, this is construction that was of homes that were purchased a year or a year and a half ago. The reason those homes have been so, it's taken so long is because of the labor shortage. So what we're seeing now is we, our eyes are seeing a lot of construction activity, but the reality of what I just found out the other day is that new home sales are actually down here too quite a bit. Even though we say we have a lack of inventory and that people are, there's still a huge amount of demand, people aren't willing to pay these higher prices. So it does end up, there is a point and it's not just interest rates going higher. There's a point where there is affordability that becomes the issue. And do you really want to pay up that much? Dan, when you, uh, and, if, if you want, I mean, I've never done this. Uh, I've remodeled and I bought a couple houses, but if you, yes. if you, if you buy one, I won't say on spec, if they say, okay, here's the house I want. And here's all this stuff. You know, I want the nicer stove and all the other BS. And all of a sudden they go, okay, you, your house will be ready in a year and a half. When when do I normally have my mortgage locked in? I mean, if it's a good question. I mean, if you yeah. and I went and bought a house or bought a piece of property, the idea to build, I think Nancy said the other day we could probably get either a construction loan or something to build the thing. But if we just went and said, "Oh, you're building all these houses. When can I have mine? Well, yours will be done. You know, whatever, June of twenty four. When am I paying?" Seven, eight, nine, whatever it happens to be then, or can I? Well, now it's like seven, but I'm saying, am I? A lot of people, if it's if they thought they were going to get three and now they're going to get seven, have to be like, oh, what, what did I just do? I mean, but I don't know how that yeah, works. Do you? That's a that's a really good point too, because a lot of the banks and mortgage companies are are going to lock you in, say, thirty or sixty days ahead of schedule, and if now the homes that used to be built in nine months are being built in a year and a half you have a lot more risk when you know interest rates are going higher and yeah. mortgage rates will eventually go higher. So from what I understand, people have pulled their offers where they, they get to that point of, you know, they can't afford them. They, you know, that monthly payment in retirement is just out of reach. And it would have been half of that, you know, what, a year ago? I mean, remember a year ago, um, the T-bill, <laughs> the T-bill that I've been talking about was basically zero. Yeah, yeah. 5:30. So we've seen this this rapid increase in rates has really changed the you know the investing dynamic, the spending dynamic, um, and I you know I tend to talk more about people in the in the baby boomer age, but even for younger people, they've had to change. You know they're, they're looking at you know affording mortgages. It's putting restrictions on what they can afford. Um, they're still dealing with student loan debt, so they're. There are issues that I that I think are um, affecting people of all ages um, when it comes to sort of the lack of affordability combined with the higher rates, and then also this, you know, lack of workforce. And I think you did a good job, Tom, of explaining that it's really the the lack of workforce more than the the number of jobs increasing. And I think that's important for us to see when we're looking forward and deciding whether we're in this contractionary phase or whether we shouldn't be fooled by growth when we see all these job openings. When's the last time? I mean, I you know, I I don't have a, a whole bunch of people that they have uh, kids in the last ten years in college age. I don't think I've ever, other than my mother's cousin who's been dead for, for forever. 
I don't know that I've ever even seen a mining engineer or you know or, or a petroleum yeah. engineer. I, mean, I guess if, I guess if you're a mechanical engineer or chemicals, you're the same thing. But I don't know that it, you know anybody's kid who went to you know Texas A and M or someplace for for mining. Or I mean, I, I I don't know anybody. I mean, I, do you? The closest the closest that I know, and, and this is from having grown up in the Boston area, would be biotech, which is really quite different than petroleum engineering, yeah, yeah. but it's. And, and, and getting a degree in engineering, but you're exactly right. It just it's a field that's sort of fallen out of favor and um, with new hires. And there is a you know a new field, and I and I think learning about this from the the mining conference um, in Miami is that you know the clean energy field is attracting a lot of younger talent, um, and there are opportunities in that field. But there are still people that say work for these mining companies that need geologists and need engineers. That are going to help produce those materials that go into the batteries of, say, electric vehicles, or um, you know, any of the the infrastructure of, of building it out. So there has to be maybe more attention focused on on people understanding that first part of the development or where these raw materials are coming from. So um, I did a uh, one company that I did um, see, and I wanted to mention on the show uh, that that we. You know that I started buying. It's a again microcap. This is not an income play. A company called Westwater Resources that owns a graphite mine, and they're um, they actually just made an announcement. So we bought the stock at ninety one cents. It was you know as a, a a small um, very small capitalization, but they own a graphite um, the, uh, mine in in Alabama, and that's being used as an alternative um, material for the EVs, batteries, and they just announced a joint venture um, on the 7th, which was Tuesday, with a a battery company, and suddenly the stock shot up 15%. And the reason I'm mentioning this is that you have to, if you're looking for good investment ideas, you have to kind of go back to the beginning of the cycle. Like, where does it start with, and it does start with some of these. That's a Westwater? um, Metal. Westwater? Westwater WWR is the ticker symbol, and it's it's a you know microcap company, well run, really good um, management team. Um, they have the only uh, graphite active graphite mine in the entire United States, which is in Alabama. Isn't graphite just They're, carbon? I'm sorry. Isn't graphite just carbon? Well, graphite has been used in in um, you know like in a lot of the batteries. I mean, we think of lithium, but graphite's been an alternative. And um, it you know whether it's low, I think it's really more about the way that it's mined, and, and they're trying to do it with a clean energy focus. But there there's um, you know I don't know because I'm not a, a geologist or chemical person. I don't know in terms of the extraction period, like like what happens and how it impacts the environment. But I do know that the end product is being used um, to build these batteries. And I do know that they have just signed an agreement. And this, I think, is wow. going to happen more and more. You know, I think it's happy. We had talked about it happening with, um, like, GM looking to um, to hire a lithium, you know, a company that mines lithium. And, and um, it's not uncommon now to see that whole chain, if you will, going all the way back to where the metals start. The only, the only thing that I'm mentioning that was interesting to me is just that that these companies are having trouble finding people, just as you mentioned. With yeah, you know, I, don't trouble. Know, I don't know where you even. Yeah. I don't even know. Boy, I, I'd like to 
get somebody. You know what I need to do? <laughs> you know what I'll do? It gives me an excuse, Dan. We got a dash here, but I'll get my friend uh, Gene, and who is a director of uh, admission for Michigan Engineering School forever. She she probably Perfect. has all these numbers. Yeah, I'll bet. I, I don't. I, I bet I Michigan doesn't even have a mining school or an engineering. Maybe they do. I don't. I bet they don't. Yeah, no. It, it, it like I said, it's something that's kind of gone out, gone out of favor. Yeah. And you know, it may have been. You know, I'm, I'm sure when we were younger, there were there were areas that were that were more attractive than than others. But it seems that that is that's where it starts, right? Yeah. And it starts with school, and it starts with you know getting the right people. And there may be you know there's been issues that we really haven't talked about, but there. Well, they we do will next week. Well, yeah, not to mention, not to mention. <laughs> Where would you find the professors <laughs> atop everything else? Absolutely. That's a good question. <laughs> All right, buddy, take care of yourself. Have a nice weekend. SB Futures up a buck. Nancy Futures down 10. We're getting back to the flat line here. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Right 
Welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamayo. We're in the board. SP Futures down. So we just ran positive. Now we're down low again. We're up and down here a little bit, right about the flat line. NASDAQ down 7. We got the Dow down 33, but nothing crazy going on the Dow. I've got American Express is up 241. We've got Home Depot down a buck 38. It's just a kind of a mixed bag, but nothing much going on. We're in Europe. We've got DAX down 64.4%. FTSE down 55.7%. CAC around down 32.4%. So bearish, but not crazy. Uh, Nikkei up 178.6%, Hang Seng down 125, under 20,000, 19,925, that's a 0.6% move, Shanghai down 7, call that flat. Yesterday we had an inside day with a, wondered if uh, the chairman was going to take back what he said the day before or go further, he didn't really do much of anything. Dow was down 58, and S&P up 5, NASDAQ up 45, bonds. We are 3.94, we were over 4, we were at 4 the first time we went through this, so right around 4%. 10 year to bond up two basis points 2.67 Japan right at 0 0.50 oil not 11 cents 76.55 kind of stuck in this uppers mid to upper 70s range rent up three cents 82.63 natural gas up five to 260 our Bob unchanged 268 our Bob's been very quiet lately gold up 230 18.20 I was dead cat bounce there silver are down two cents 2013 copper unchanged 402 We've got Bitcoin now 426, under 22,000, 21,637. It's been kind of steady in here, and I wonder if it's going to start falling here again. Uh, the U.S. dollar, which has been very active this week, is actually down a little bit today after being up all week. So uh, you got the euro back up to 105.6, and we got the British pound back up to 1189, so they're still lower than what they were. So yeah, the dollar's had a huge week to the upside with the Fed talk. Andrew, what do you got for us, Travis? Weather Sports? Sports. Uh, starting with sports, let's see. Uh, last night, the Bulls won over the Nuggets. They near the 117 to uh, 96. And the Suns won over the Thunder, ending their game 132 over 101. Over in hockey, the Blackhawks lost to the Red Wings, ending their game 4-3. Now over to Chicago weather. It's currently uh, cloudy. Gray skies at 36 degrees. Going to have a high just 40 today, so it's going to stick around 36 for most of it. Uh, over in Phoenix, we are at 49 degrees. They got clear skies, and they're going to have a high of 73 today. Uh, now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, thankfully still no accidents to report. Uh, of course, a lot of red, a lot of slowdowns, uh, especially both in and out of the Eisenhower Expressway. Same thing on basically all expressways coming from the north. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, typical slowdowns, no accidents, though. So Thursday is the big day. It's a new Friday. Yeah. Yeah, and I honestly, it is. Yeah, Friday's been pretty clear lately, so better tomorrow. See what you're out to the saloons tonight like everybody else does on Thursday night now, like they used to do on Friday? I honestly kind of wish I would. Maybe I should. Maybe you should, you know. It's a, have your man take you out. You never know. Might, might run into people. Just just saying. We have Mr. Flanagan? Yeah, we, we got you. We, you're there someplace. Although Andrew's throwing some music out ahead of you here. We're not sure what he's doing there. Sorry, sorry. It's still on the same slider. Got to fix that. I know. We got we to gotta work on that this weekend. We have engineer uh, Matt. Everybody says you're still too low. My guys are tweeting in for your traffic. You're barely audible. <laughs> okay, that, that's a whole new thing. So that I'm not even sure where that's coming from. We'll, we'll have that fixed uh, by tomorrow or certainly by the weekend. Uh, Matt just basically told everybody to turn back if, uh, not Matt, Andrew, to turn back if uh, I were you on the traffic. So that was a summary of the traffic report. So, John, what's <laughs> up, buddy? How, how are you? I'm good, Tom. How about you? 
Doing all right. So what do you make of uh, my phone call yesterday with the from the, the lady trying to refer me to the alderman? Oh, well, it's wrong on so many levels, Tom. Um, Lou, I think, was absolutely right the way he characterized it. You know, this astroturf notion. It's it's, it's fake research, and you know, it, it goes into you know a hopper where you end up with misleading studies or just plain you know crooked studies or or opinion polls that mean absolutely nothing because there's there's absolutely no controls built into them. It, but it also shows something that I think you know people are, are kind of reluctant to come out and say, but there's this hostility towards fossil fuels, gas stoves, um, that's going to wreck this country um, sooner rather than later. And it's gaining steam, and it's becoming something that's kind of accepted in discussions that there's this vantage point that needs to be listened to. And I, know, I not only don't buy it, but I think it's, it's a pernicious thing, and it's designed to absolutely ruin this country's productivity and, and living standards. Why do you why do you suppose people are so? Uh, I mean, I, I for one, I mean, uh, everybody thinks that the old grumpy guys like you and me are all you know don't care about global warming. We're not going to be here that long. It, it's it's totally the opposite. I mean, I think you and I. I mean, if you read the history of Chicago and any, and I think I do this, a lot of people who, uh, you know, care to debate me, have never read a, a, a stitch of anything in their life. Yet they're, yet they're experts on everything, right? So, you know, everybody's an expert, as they say. Uh, I don't, know, I don't know where that all comes from, but the um, these pollution in Chicago is way better than it was. The pollution in the waters and stuff. This has been an ongoing fight, and it's been a fight because a lot of people, of course, thought it was their right to pour crap right in the lake, right? I mean, it's, it's, by and large, people have won over a period of time. And I think I don't want, to the extent that we can have more and more renewable energy and move down that road and have things cleaner for everybody, I would, I will never be against that, Jen. I mean, I, I, but, I, but I want it to be done in a... I just I just don't like somebody telling me that um, you you can't run your lawnmower when I look at their shoes and the shoes are Nike and I, I'm sure there's a not sure but I suspect there's a coal smokestack next to the Nike factory in in China. I mean, come on! I mean, this idea that you you point to your neighbor and worry about his gas lawnmower when you just flew over in your private jet. I mean, this this hypocrisy is is driving me nuts. To be honest with you. I mean. What this lady who called me is she getting paid by somebody or does she have oh, nothing uh, yeah, better she's to do? Yeah, she's got to get paid quite, paid quite a bit too, Tom. From by who? By, by several different entities, I suspect. But, but who? <laughs> so God knows what political action committee what, what? is behind it. I mean, it's 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 a think tank kind of, of thing. It probably has nothing to do with the aldermen in question or local politics at all. It's, it's designed to make it look like it's some sort of grassroots political effort, but it's it's totally driven by anti-industry forces. But how, how would I ever have enough dough if some, somebody dropped a bill on my noggin this, mor- this morning? How would I ever say, gee, I think I'll piss away $5 million to calling people up and tell them to get rid of stoves? I mean, what, 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 what am I even accomplishing with that? Well, it's, it's the same you know, kind of thinking that's gone into suppressing the police or discrediting the police. It's, it's about destroying the the willingness of people to kind of fight back, Tom. It's about beating up on everybody. But I don't. You know, I don't if, you tell, but, if you tell them what kind of stove you can or can't have, 
for no compelling reasons that I can understand. Uh, you're not supposed to be thinking, though. This isn't supposed to be about rational decisions. It's, it's totally irrational. But when you're up against irrational forces um, and you can't fight back rationally, well, it, it just everybody's kind of bottled up in this crazy world or pinball game where you're always going to lose. And it's not because anybody in the right is winning. It's because you've just been pummeled and beaten up by, by bad faith people. Well, this is very similar uh, to what was going on with the Brexit stuff. It's actually very similar, isn't it? Well, it's, there's certainly a lot of connections, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, we had a, my, of all the years of Stocks and Jacks, probably my worst interview, Matty, Matt Weber, you probably find the guy's name, but some, some bump who was from Finland, and he was on the, uh, what's, what's the parliament that's in Br- Brussels? People oh, the actually, EU, yeah, the, the EU Parliament. They actually think they run the place instead of the countries. Which, so you essentially have a a, a uh, governing body there that is different from Germany or France or at the time Britain, which basically pissed a lot of people off. It would me. I mean, I, I wouldn't want any rule coming out of Brussels for me. I mean, I, that I can't elect, I can't do anything. I guess maybe you can. You do. I'm, I don't know if you elect any anyway, but no. I mean, that's that's the thing that really infuriates people. There's no, you know representation going on or it's all just diktats going out and, and they honestly believe that, that they that their job is to tell people like what to do in all walk of day in life and I it's so different than than your and my generation's view I mean you know you, you always weren't supposed to bug your neighbor but to tell everybody what to do day and night I mean it was the day didn't the, the week the brexit was voted on didn't Luce say way back in the day that uh, there was like 15 different or five Different regulations came out on how you're supposed to make your tea. Yeah, I mean, let alone what what you can call tea. Yeah, which well, you, if if it's got this label on it, what it has to consist of before you can sell. I mean, it's it's beyond nightmarish. <laughs> we we think we've got it bad in this country. I'm glad I live here, and not in Europe. Well, when Chris Manns uh, used to come on, uh, who knows? He might get Chris again back in one of these days. But he, I just ran into him. He's doing well after COVID. Uh, he looks good. Uh, and I, didn't he say there was what, there were 75 pages of uh, regulation regarding cabbage? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all, Tim. But, I mean, this whole this whole idea, I really don't wake up every morning with the idea that I need to tell you what to do. I, is that just a, a generational thing or what? But your child's perfectly capable of dealing with it himself. I, I knew the guy for four years. I saw him in a dorm. I didn't, didn't mean to tell him to brush his teeth or whatever. He managed to do that all himself. I I don't, I don't get it. Why, why do people have to keep telling people what to do all the time? Well, it's just, it's more about building distrust than trust, Tom. I mean, if, if you trust people to make a decision that's right for them personally or for their households, and they can buy this product or they can buy another product, and they don't particularly care what the component percentage of you know commodity X or Y is, and all it's doing is driving up the price of these things anyway by paying attention to a lot of this stuff. Once you stop trusting people to make those decisions, and you got you know a government agency that's telling you you know here's what your choices are and like it or lump it, we've lost a, a, a tremendous amount of of freedom and choice, and and we're paying more and more for fewer and fewer choices. Well, I just was listening to some of the testimony yesterday, and I can't. You, first of all, you get. The Republicans, all they do is bitch and moan about how much money the Democrats are spending when they basically had just as big a deficit increase, you know. I mean, you know, let's call this one fairly. Bush doubled the deficit in his years. Obama doubled them in his. Uh, 
Trump, he only had four years, but he damn near doubled it. And now this guy's doing the same thing. So, I mean, it's, it's, this is not a, a – uh, it's all about giving money to your pals that we don't have or your pals, the people you think are going to vote for you. And somewhere along the line – but you listen to every Republican, all he did was bitch about the Democrats spending too much, and what, what's the Fed going to do about that? Then every black person is, what are you going to do about this constant equality, how we're not making enough money, we don't have this service, that service, I mean, and what are you going to do about that? The answer is nothing. Then you'll have somebody pile on there talk about what are you going to do about global warming. Well, how the hell does the Fed chairman do anything about global warming if, in fact, he could do something about it anyway? Don't, why don't people understand that we've essentially offloaded our pollution to other places, and they're buying all the crap? Nobody wants to look in the mirror or watch it. I mean, it's... I, well, it's not, it's not a thing that's going to win friends if you have it pointed out, but certainly it's, you know, both sides are guilty of it. I, I don't subscribe to cable. I don't watch Fox News, but I did catch a replay of a portion of Tucker Carlson's broadcast of Tuesday night, you know, where he's been releasing um, the, the stuff from, from the January 6th video that, that Lou talked about today that we never saw before. Uh, I think the most telling thing that I heard about Tuesday night's broadcast was was where he had uh, the hysteria that had erupted on um, you know the floor of the Senate, where you have Chuck Schumer getting up and saying that Rupert Murdoch should silence his employee Tucker Carlson, which was kind of an unprecedented yeah. speech to make from yeah, the Senate floor. And right after that, there was you know the the equally you know obnoxious speech by Mitch McConnell saying pretty much the same thing. And Tucker Carlson's take on it was exactly right, but it was a chilling thought. He, he pointed out both of these people are playing for the same side. And well, there sure. is only one side in Washington, and it's all in cahoots with the regulatory agencies that really have no party affiliations or you know, philosophical differences. Um, they survive no matter what party is in there, and they, all the parties, however many there ever will be, are all just taking orders from these regulatory agencies so you don't get any light between the parties. They're all singing from the well, same I think Well, I think it's coming from the same uh, corporate money. Sure. And, uh, and if, you, if you get your nose basically up the ass of FINRA, if you're a big firm and they don't, they, you know, they're going to take, they don't treat you the same as they do other people, or if you're a big bank, I mean, a big bank, do you think, do you think they're really regulated by the Fed? They, they're, 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 they're... It's the other way around, Tom. Yeah, it's the other way around, but the, but the Fed can be a major pain in the ass to make it look like they're doing something with these, you know, make, make your people do these, uh, what's the, the big study they got to do in case everything goes to hell, uh, whether they fall apart or not. The, uh, lit, not the litmus test, the something test. What's what they call stress it? Test, stress test, whatever. Yeah, the stress test. Litmus test, stress test, well, that's the difference. Uh, you know, and, and you wonder what, I mean, the, 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 there's no doubt that they, they cost them a lot of money by playing with them. But they make sure they have enough money to play with them. You know, it's a, it's the weirdest. Now, I don't know how, if, if somebody can go in and actually make a difference. Jen. Just, I mean, you have to, you literally have to fire all these people. You have to, you have to say to the banking industry, no, it's not your job to. I mean, the the idea that uh, you know when when Matty Weber and everybody, anybody get, buys a house, they want to see your. If you if you got ten thousand bucks, you're supposed to go back how many years in your checkbook and tell them where you got it. Why is that in their business? Right, it isn't. I mean, and, 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 but but then you 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 force it down the chain. If it's one thing for the police to say, "I want to see your bank statement," they need a warrant to force it down the chain f- to get the information out of your bank. They don't need a warrant. It's it's very it's very uh, you know it's almost 
Orwellian, really, or Nazi, whatever you want to call it. Well, it's it's criminal, you know. I think this kind of, of curiosity that goes well beyond any kind of notion of, of what what you need for public safety or anything else. I'll tell you, you know, the extent of this, Tom. Though, I, I was talking to my brother about this, you know, some time ago, and he pointed out that really, since you know the the, the funky numbers about jobs that came out for January. You know, these millions of numbers were just you know yeah, a million two people, people were found people were somewhere yeah, just you know like in thin air came out of nowhere. Really, since that those numbers came out, you haven't seen the stock market build any kind of energy at all. It is just well, it was until of- was until Tuesday. It was it was it was really making some progress to like the ten days before that, and all of a sudden Tuesday, you kind of pull the wool out or the rug out from it with that statement that we're going higher further. We were down a bunch. We were down two percent on Tuesday. Yeah, well, but I I do think that the, you know the market hates uncertainty, and what would make the market more uncertain than fake numbers? And once you've got fake numbers coming out about numbers that you can't depend on, is what I, I guess maybe is the way I should characterize it. Whether it's jobs or anything else, um, then you've got markets that are are completely disconnected from reality. Well, we haven't no we haven't been able to, reality is. We haven't been able to believe a CPI number in twenty years. Yeah. But I mean, but don't you think it's gotten worse, Tom? I think right now that the the, the market is having trouble getting a read on, on what the Fed's looking at and what these numbers are going to come out to be, because right now the difference in valuation is where the Fed's pouring money in the system or pulling it out, which they should never be in a position of doing. That's why the Milton Friedman's of the world said just grow the money supply three percent a year over year, or two point seven five or whatever the the growth number is, and, and, and get out of the game. Of you know running this stuff up and running it back down, so if they pour money into the system, and you value a stock at two percent uh, interest rate versus pulling money out of the system, and you value at six percent, that stock's be worth a lot a lot different, correct? I mean, hugely different. So it's a, by a factor of you know probably double or more. So, but the market is not by jumping around like this is not really being irrational. I mean, if if it's true. That, that this guy is going to go a little further, this guy, if the group is going to go a little further, all of a sudden the numbers that have been fake all along because of the, the money in the system start to come flying down where everybody's, oh, God, you put us in. You heard Elizabeth Warren. You're going to put us into a recession. <laughs> Elizabeth, he, he's the one to put the money into play, in there in the first place. Now he's trying to take it out. The, the, the huge bubble that you see, houses and stock, is all because of him. It's all because of the Fed. Has nothing to do with somebody picking the right neighborhood. Has some, nothing to do with anybody picking the right stock. Relatively, yeah, you'd rather pick a good stock than a bad one. But by and large, the level of the market s- since they put they up, up the money supply by thirty-five percent, the money the market's up thirty percent. Well, duh. But it's and yet, and yet we can't we can't even think of that now. We can't even talk about that because that's no. that's something we're not supposed to. You, you can't even you can't put two and two together on something like that. It's it's I mean it's it's bizarre world. But but yeah, if, if all of a sudden. We ju- we just saw the most ridiculous. Well, I mean, it was a disease. A lot of people died, so it wasn't ris- ridiculous. Yeah, we just saw a, a, we sh- we shut the economy down, and and the stock market doubled. So the idea that you have to be working, growing, all those kinds of things, companies doing well to have the market go up, nobody thinks of that anymore. It's all about if the Fed pours money and it goes up, just like we're Weimar Republic or, or Argentina or someplace, right? And how? What then does, does things like you know labels like pres- prosperity or growth really mean, Tom? You know, well, it, I, it, I, I think you've got 
pick a number, what percentage of the population that every single month you see even their inflation number up 0.6% and everybody in the, the wage number up 0.4%, every month like that is a, is a recession for somebody, a lot of somebody's. But we don't do that. We're looking at the big numbers. Oh, no, I'm looking at the big picture. Those well, and like, so much yeah. of the energy, it seems, is, is devoted to concealing from people yes. just how little they participated in any prosperity. Well, that's right. So, that's exactly right. So the information pipeline or whatever has, has been corrupted in a way that no nobody, like any consumer or you know somebody who doesn't have a whole lifetime to devote to these things, is can really make sense out of it in a way that, that will show them just how bad it is. It's all about creating fog around this. Well, it's so, also deciding you don't want to pay for any information, which you know we we can we just I'm mean, gonna do the same thing that somebody says, you know you're responsible for global warming because you drive a suburban. Okay, fine. You you got a private plane. Yeah, but that's okay because I go from place to place to tell people not to drive a suburban, you know, type of thing. But the bottom line is, uh, nobody. You can take a little bit out of people every step of the way. You don't think like you're taking a you're taking it out of them, you know, gentlemen. I mean, the 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 group now that is making the fifty grand a year as a family, fifty five. I don't know that they'll even remember that twenty five years ago a family used to be able to buy a new car. Now they won't be able to. Well, and there's a, a whole culture that's trying to make people forget that quicker rather than yeah. later, because you know the, the more people resent this and, and see in the in the near rearview mirror how good things were not that long ago, the less willing they will be to accept a complete collapse of their, you know, well, prosperity. That's, that's a, you know, it's like the people who lived on the kibbutz, right? No, yeah. you, this is all you deserve. Rice every night. Okay, well, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> Wait, somebody's getting bored. Rice, where's he? You know, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't understand who the, who the leader's going to be to turn this around, Jay. I really don't. I mean, because this, somebody has to be able to get somewhere get buffeted by the uh, today's media, somehow come out on the end of it. I, I think whoever it is has to go back to basics and, and constantly come out with his own message, which I think Trump was incapable of doing, because all he did was, was hate people. But I think somebody like him we almost are going to need. And I don't know, I don't see how the hell a guy gets in there, or a lady, and I don't see how they can do any good once well, they're there. Two, two articles I read this week, one by Roger Kimball and it was in the, the Epic Times, and another one by Rod Dreyer, who was with the American Conservative. And Rod Dreyer, you know, anything but a Trump supporter. Um, but but he had a very telling column, and he's he's leaving the American Conservative. This is one of his parting. He's going to the American shots. Liberal. American, well, American, no, no, he's <laughs> he's you know a dyed-in-the-wool conservative, and he's a total anti-Trumper. But in his parting column. He points out that um, he he never really grasped all during the Trump years exactly what Trump signified to the people who supported him. All he's got to do is, is listen to the Michael Moore tape. But but he goes on to say that it's because of, of what Biden has turned into, that when Trump says, I am your retribution, as much as Dreyer is horrified by that notion of retribution, he feels that's exactly what Biden has forced people on the other side into. That he, Biden has turned it into such a complete betrayal of any kind of what we would call liberal moderate principles and turned into a complete maniac on the left that no wonder Trump is now being idolized again and he's probably going to be the candidate again. You well, can blame Biden for that and his crazy 
people he surrounded himself with. They're, they're, they're so far away from my kind of Democrat. Then again, Trump's so far away from my kind of Republican. I, I, I'm, I, well, I'm in nowhere. Once you get you know, the, the wing nuts taking control of things, the reason I, I went out for Trump initially, Tom, as I told you, is because both the Democrats and the Republicans were, were completely toxic to me. I, never, I, was, I saw no place for me or my beliefs in either party. And that's, I think, what, what nobody on either side is still willing to to consider certainly not the republicans well, i would the, agree the trump is popular because the republicans have lost all the confidence of their base you know going well, way the good back. news is janet you've, you've talked the market up market's up s&p's are up 11 as if he's up 44 all because of you and uh we'll talk to you i can rest easy now tom well we'll talk to you again on uh, monday have a nice weekend if i don't see you uh yeah, we'll be back too, tomorrow tom. back tomorrow yeah, stocks jacks Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.